So, hello and welcome to Storytime, a monthly event where we interview alumni from the University of Oulu about their careers, studies and life in general. My name is Simo Kekäläinen and it's a pleasure to welcome you all to Virtual Tellus to follow this event. This time, it is time to shine the spotlight on the technical faculty and our guest today is Tina Nugord. Uh, Tina studied industrial engineering and management at the University of Oulu and during her career she has worked for example for Nokia and Connect Cranes and currently she works for Valamet as a supply chain development director. Welcome Tina, I hope you can hear me. Thanks, I can hear you. Wonderful. But Tina, I already told you a little bit about you, uh, but can you tell about yourself in your own words, who you are, where you come from, what do you do, that sort of things. Okay, so Tina Nygaard, a little bit than 44 years old, born in Ylivieska, 130 kilometers down from Oulu. And then, as I said, so studied in, in, in Oulu, and then continued to work in, in Nokia at Oulu, and then moved a bit more than 10 years back to, to close to Tampere, Pirkkala. And now still still living here in the Pirk, Pirk in Karadian Tempäällä, so with, with my family, one, one kid, one husband, <laughs> two horses and two dogs. Sounds like a wonderful life. Uh, I think we want to go to your studies maybe first before we talk about more about your career in Valamet and in other uh, companies over the years. But so you start you studied industrial engineering and management. How did industrial engineering and management became a potential study field in the first place in your mind? I think that's a good question because it was per accident. So okay. after the high school, I I thought that what to do. So I didn't really have a plan what I would like to do. And then I ended up uh, to study the degree program in in fashion and clothing, quite opposite than the <laughs> industrial engineering. And and it was something like eight percent of the uh, kind of participants who were able to get in that school. And I was probably one, one of them and, and thought that, okay, I really need to go to see how, how that is. And I like sewing and I like planning and designing the clothes and, okay, I will, I will go to see. I was there two weeks and decided that no, <laughs> because I had read uh, extensive courses of math and, and physics and, and then I'm there in the first math class that, okay, this is, this is too simple. And then I heard that in 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 Ulivieska, they had some still some open open positions in industrial engineering uh, in uh, Central University of Applied Science in in, in Ulivieska. and I called them that is there any possibility to get in but yes you are because they are having three places you can get, get in here so I started there and after one year I realized that yes this is this is fun. So this is giving lots of opportunities for the future. And yes, this is what I want to study. And then the next year I, I decided that, okay, it's, the, it's just engineer. It's not enough. I want to get the diploma also. And it, can I study faster than, than the program was? It wasn't at that time. It was 
wasn't possible. So, so after two years, I, I applied to the Oulu University to study the diploma level engineering. So, so that's how I ended up <laughs> ended up to Oulu University. So, per accident. <laughs> Sounds like it was a good accident, so to say. Uh, do you remember, like, when you started your studies? You said that you found out that this is this is a really good study uh, study place. What were the kind of th- thoughts that you had in your mind when you first started studying in the in the program, and what things convinced you about the fact that it's good? It was the scale of the studies. There was some economy studies. There was some real I, I would be able to learn how to use the CNC machine. <laughs> so the scale was so large. So so at that point, I just know that, uh, and I was wishing that I, I coached basketball at that time. So I liked the coaching. I wanted to be a leader and as a director. So I was thinking that, yes, it's giving me a lot of opportunity to still figure out what I really want to do, but I can learn a lot of things. So just as you said, uh, when you study industrial engineering, the world is kind of really open uh, in terms of career. Did you have any other uh, dream job or dream employers back at that time, other than wanting to become a director? Not, not really. Not, not really. It was just a yes. That was that was my dream. And, and, and I said, so I was coaching at that time the basketball and okay, maybe the dream job really would have been the co- professional coach, but there's not too many professional coaches in, in Finland, even taking all the sports included. So, so I think the director was the second best option <laughs> at that time. Okay, gonna be thinking about the other options too. Uh, what kind of minor minors you had while studying uh, in the industrial engineering program? Uh, I, I studied the mechanical engineering and then automation robotics in that area. Have those uh, those study fields been really useful in your career? Then, like you know, did it give you a set of tools that you were able to apply in your career life? Uh, that's what I was laughing when joined to the Connect Rails. I think that that was the closest business what I have studied. But but I think the key thing from studying was that the, to learn how how do when you are studying and and at least in in my way to do it. So I was doing it how to say <laughs> with a, with a lot of effort. So wanted to do it as quickly as possible. So so I. I think the key thing what I learned was that to how to find the meaningful information. So what is really the key topic to get to understand? And I think that is the key lessons learned from from all the studies. Okay. So how to find the point from each of the courses? What I need to get with me? True. The core, the core of the things. Yes. Um, if we now move from your study life to your career life, uh, I would also like to ask about your first jobs in the field. So, were you able to find summer jobs within this specific fields, and what happened after graduation? Yeah, I was able to find. So, already in the first summer, I was working in the lab uh, in a company which were making a. Now I need to read my notes. What was what is the English word for that? When I find it, 
So I don't remember. Tulen kestäviä. Fireproof. Fireproof. <laughs> right? Some, yeah. Something like that. Yes. Uh, this kind of materials. And I was working in the lab. In the next summer, I was working as a supervisor of the production in the same company. And then I jumped to the university and it moved to Oulu. And in the first summer, I was working as a buyer in Nokia. And, and then I liked the work. I li- really liked the colleagues. And there was a possibility to continue the work after the summer. So so I kept the whole year out from the studies and I really started to work as in, in Nokia. So I worked there. So that's my Nokia career, how it started as a buyer and then continued as a subcontracting supervisor. So taking care of the subcontractors for Nokia Networks, all factory. And after Nokia, did you move to Connect Trains or at what point of your career? Yep, so Connect so, Trains came into the picture. So in my Nokia career, I worked in the purchasing part and then I worked between uh, engineering and or R&D and and then the purchasing. So I was responsible of uh, the supplier selections for for the new products. So that we, the R&D is selecting that kind of suppliers and and products which we can really do in the mass production. And and after that, I continued in the development career. I think and in that path, I'm I still am. So so started to work as a concept owner. So in the Nokia, they were taking the new ERP in the use SAP. So I worked there as a concept owner for a year and then continued as a project manager. So, so being able to lead lead things, and that was the thing what I liked as a being a project manager, and then I worked several years at Nokia as a program manager for all the supply chain related applications and processes what we were developing. And, and then I think the one thing one thing from mentioned to Nokia was that, that the last job there was that I worked as a kind of supply chain architect. And we were thinking that uh, how to get even more better results together with the suppliers. So how to get this kind of win-win relationship with the suppliers and, and how to get the supply chain working even effectively when we are all working together. And that was getting really nice results out for the mobile phones, low-cost mobile phones. And then I was at that time I had worked 13 years at Nokia and it starts to feel that, okay, <laughs> maybe something else so so there's enough Nokia now and then then move to the Connecrains to the process owner position for the material management and sourcing so basically the supply chain area and in in Connecrains we were also taking they they had a lot of units and the business business lines or different business lines and locations where they have different ERPs in use so there was a big project harmonizing the the ERPs and harmonizing the systems. And at the same time, it was a possibility to change the processes and be more effective. So so that's what I did for the Connecrains and get, was able to travel a lot and visit the different factories and see how they are really doing things. And it was a really, really interesting time. I really enjoyed that time. But then there came, came a possibility at Valmet so the bit different, bit similar kind of task than in the correct class, bit bit wider scope, and I was able to hire my team. So start the whole team from scratch 
And I thought that there won't be too many. Uh, that's, that kind of possibility is that you can really hire your dream team for yourself. So I moved to Varmet as a position of supply chain process owner. And then got my dream team there with, with whom I worked three years to get one harmonized ERP system in use in, in Valmet. And then last, last year I have been now working as a supply chain transformation director. So, so now the scope is that when we have now the harmonized processes, one ERP in use, so now my target is that how to get the benefits out. So what we need to do to get some benefits out. So quite many turns of developments in your career. Uh, so as you said, you are right now working as a supply chain transform transformation director. So how does your normal working day look like? What kind of things can it include, for example? Okay, so if we think about last week, so last week I have had the, because in Valmet we are having four different business lines, which are having kind of totally different, business. So we are having a spare part, uh, spare part for the service business line, which is having a spare part business and small improvement projects. And then we are having uh, automation, which is doing the automation solutions for the paper machines or even for the submarines or boats and all other kind of business areas. And then we are having two big business lines, so paper machines, which I think it's familiar for everyone, what Valmet does is the paper machines. So all those are engineered for the customer need. And then other big business line, which is making, uh, for example, the pulp factory or energy factory. So they are starting from scratch to build something middle of the nowhere. So the range of the businesses is, is, is huge. Environment. And, and now when I'm working with all of them, so for example, last week, so I had the meeting with all the supply chain vice presidents from each of the business lines, and we were planning that, okay, what is the transformation scope for the next year? So last spring, we have made the uh, supply chain target state for the environment together with that, those guys. And now we are planning that, okay, what are the next steps towards that? So what is the annual plan for the next year? So what we are actually starting to do on Valmet to harmonize things. And as and then and other examples, so long story, <laughs> sorry about that. Other example, so, so as a practical, so now when we have made the plans for the next year, so I have been working with one of the business lines trying to figure out that what would be the future roles, for example, for purchasing logistics warehousing. So how we would need to bit change the roles that we can be more effective and efficient for the next year. So what kind of skills and competencies do you need in your current job to fulfill all those goals that you just mentioned? Okay, it's a lot of listening because mm -hmm. you need to understand how the business works and what are the realities behind the business. Adaptation, so try to quickly get in there and, and, and be able to understand well, what, what I just heard, and a lot of change management skills because people are used to do the work as they have used to do. And if I need to take bring some new ideas there, so a lot of change management skills. And then, then also understanding the big picture. 
So what what how things are linked together and what what is the key things what we want to achieve? What is the best thing about your job? So in other words, what motivates you the most? I think at the at Valmet it is that as I try to explain the scale of Valmet, so it's not work only working as a one company. I have a feeling that I'm working with together at the same time with eight different companies. Because even inside the four different big business lines, they are having so many differences even between the business units. So it's it's really <laughs> it's really interesting. So I think you have a really unique view career-wise, uh, working with companies which are really tightly, let's say, interwoven into the Finnish industry and history. Uh, have you seen any big changes in the industry developing since the beginning and start of your career? Okay, I think that one of the biggest thing is is, for example, the digitalization. So when I started at Nokia as a, as a buyer and I traveled to the supplier in Italian, so I had printed papers with the forecast numbers and we were going to through that, okay, these are the these are the numbers for the next month. All tools are now going <laughs> no go, going with the different tools, so no more so so much printed information. So I think the digitalization is one one of the things. And then using of the data. I think that's the one one thing that how much data is used more today, so how much it needs to be analyzed, how much it is tracked and recorded and and used to make the decisions. Uh, then maybe some something what is raising all the time is the sustainability. So so all the time need to be more sustainable. And then uh, I think that today's term is the circular economy. So how to get in that direction, not only to be sustainable, but how to get it even more economy and eliminate the waste. I think those are the themes that we're ending up. Yeah, very big themes, and we'll be talking about those uh, from the applying for a job point of view in a moment. Uh, I also wanted to ask about these different companies, from again, from your perspective. Uh, do you find that uh, there have been some unexpected similarities between working for this really, I would say, Finnish scale, massive companies, like real big industry? Do they share some similarities, or are they completely different worlds? Uh, I think that well, what is the difference, and, and now I, I'm really proud of the my background in Nokia for the supply chain, because Nokia has been really advanced already 20 years ago, and now we are trying to, still in many Finnish big companies, we are still trying to catch it up, what Nokia was doing already 20 years ago. So I think that's a, that's a one thing. Maybe the clock speed. So So it was a bit... Bit more like this <laughs> going in the Nokia compared to the Connect Race and compared to the Valmet. We are getting more in, in speed all the time, but I think maybe the speed was a bit different. But then thinking about the supply chain, so so from my point of view, it is not a big difference how the purchase order is made. What I'm buying, I need to know what I'm buying, when I'm buying, what is the price, and so on. So it doesn't matter if I'm buying the small resistor for the. In, inside the mobile phone or am I buying a big 
steel structure for the crane used in the harbor, what Gordon Crane was doing. So, so I think the similarities are coming with the, uh, how to say, the rules, how to work, even, even the size of the topics are, are really, really different. You can send the one spare part, small spare part in the small packets, but then you are not able to put the paper machine, which is 100 meter long in the small packets, but it is hundreds of containers, what I need to ship. So there's a differences in the scale, <laughs> but the rules, you need to be on time, you need to have everything in the, in the boxes and that kind of thing. So the rules are the same. Exactly. It's like a football game, but you have different teams there. Yes, and maybe the size of the playground. <laughs> exactly. Um, reflecting your studies, and I, I also think that you probably, in your different roles, you have seen uh, st- students who come for these companies for different summer jobs and so on. Do you think the industrial engineering and management program gives good competence in fulfilling summer job roles or these bigger roles where you've also stepped into? I think so, and, and that was why I liked that. That sorry, so I said at the beginning, it's giving a quite wide range because you can then think about where you want to focus. So, so if your focus is in the R and D, so nowadays in the supply chain, so it's it's not only if thinking, for example, from supply chain point of view, it's it's not the kind of independent part of the company, but it's the, it's integrated for the sales and it needs to be integrated to the R&D and everything is working together. So so from studies point of view, you can focus to the R&D or you can focus to the sales. So I think that's the beauty of the engineering, industrial engineering. So it's giving the whole range for what you can do just based on where you want to focus. Sounds wonderful. So those of you who are right now watching us and studying industrial engineering, good job. It's preparing you for the industry. There are probably a lot of students in the audience who are for sure interested in hearing how did you manage to find your first job from your own field? So how did it happen? Was it just a summer job and how did it come about? So my first summer job, I was just calling to the CEO of the company that would you have any... (laughs) Any nice jobs that I would be really willing to work in your company. So so that's how I got the first summer job. But I think that that applying the common common open positions because big companies are having those open open positions for the summer shop and, and trying to specify in your application the locations where you are willing to work and, and telling you how, what, what are your interests and what kind of person you are. And maybe what I have really liked when I have hired people is that, that when people are calling me, so call. If there is a name and the number, call. Yeah, so that's one tip. So uh, getting your name up front. Any other tips uh, from applying-wise, um, things that differentiate different candidates in the job application process? So how you introduce yourself, because uh, as I said, so when I turned to Valmet, I was able to start to hire the team from scratch. So the, I had a, a, a quite many open positions. And then, for example, in one position, there was over 130 applications. So I went reading those through. So, so the first 
chapter would you put in there <laughs> because that's what, what people are first reading so so try to put there that what kind of person you are why you are interested why you want to have this job i think that would be my key thing so the first chapter First impressions count. I'm also thinking about like um, if we think about industry-wise and if you are still a student studying in industrial engineering, you might be thinking about your minors and what should I study. Are there any specialization things going on in the industry where students should sort of like right now steer into data management, these kind of things that you would recommend students to study? I think really good question. I was just listening a few weeks back some Gartner's uh, future ideas, for example, about the supply chain. And then data exactly was raised in quite many presentations there. So how to find enough kind of professionals to manage to play with the data? So who, who can who can understand, who can collect the data, who can treat the data, who can analyze the data? So, so that was one of the areas that was highlighted there and, and based on their studies and researches from different companies where they have lack of, lack of uh, kind of professionals. How would you describe Valmet as an employer? Uh, I think compared to the other companies what I have worked with, so it's quite old fashioned. <laughs> It's a, it's a kind of nice nice company and people are really taken as as a people and taken care. But maybe what I mean as a with with, with old fashioned. So so for example, we are having an own healthcare and and some own restaurants in the factory. So it's 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 I would say it's but it's nice and and uh, now when and. But as an example, so I have used to work in Nokia and, and Conecrates a lot of remotely. And that was thing what is not, for example, okay, before the last spring. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't so so much used way to work in, in Valmet. But I think now Valmet has also learned that the remote work is, is quite nice way to work. <laughs> As I say, example about this old fashion, but it's a nice company. I have liked, and they are taking care of the people. So, so the peoples are really appreciated at Valmet. There was a wonderful, wonderful uh, advertising part for Valmet because the reason why I was asking this question was, of course, that I think that there might be people in the audience who would like to be future Valmet employees. So, uh, how can one become an employee of Valmet, or what is at least the most common way to get hired? Summer jobs or open applications? How does it go? I think the uh, one more good point for the Valmet is as one <laughs> till coming back to that. So, so as I said, so compared to the companies what I have worked, so Valmet is definitely having a wide range of possibilities also. Totally different for different, or totally different for big business lines. I mean, different from the way what they are doing as a business. So so even working inside development, there's a lot of opportunities then inside development to move different positions. So I think we are the summer jobs and open vacancies there. Yes, you can send the open application, but the, uh, 
but how to get that in the correct reader so so i think that's the that's the challenge so as a, as an example so i hired one student in, in my team who contacted me or it was a person who i know so not any my best friend but i i knew her, her and he was just asking that would you happen to have anything that exactly again i can think about and yes we are we, we are <laughs> having something so please send the application and we were able to go further so so if you know someone ask if you can get the next contact so i think that's one way to try to find the contact from whom to ask but of course the big companies they are having policies and processes so you need to send the application and it will go with the official process but try to find the contact networking is the key as you said uh but we've also been talking a lot about finding your own strengths and skills and how you sort of like uh show them to the people who make these decisions in hiring somebody um how have you been able to find out your own strengths throughout your studies and career and for example in what ways have you been developing your skills let's say in your current job for example i think Good, good question. <laughs> Quite <laughs> tough one. <laughs> so, so I, I think that uh, think about where you are good at. So, what do you like to do, and what what you are comfortable to do. So, and which which gives you the feeling that okay, this is what I want to do. So, I think you will find your strengths from from that area. I say like the coaching. So, so my dream job. As a young one was to be the professional coaching, but now I can be the director as a kind of coaching director because now I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get things changed and I'm coaching a lot of the organizations how to do things differently and how to be more efficient. So I have I have managed to bit combine <laughs> those two things, but I think it's it's starting from there so that you think that where you are good at and what you would like to do, and then start to stretch it a bit out from your comfort zone. That raise your limits and how much you can, uh, how much you can twist your limits. At your current job, do you have a do you have a skills that you would like to learn right now in order to help you move forward and develop in what you are doing right now? Maybe bit be a bit more. How to say? What is the correct English word? Maybe, I don't know, no, totally forgot the word, but maybe a bit more, not, not organized, I'm, I'm organized, but kind of more official, because I forgot that when I'm presenting teams and I'm passionate about it and I'm starting to talk about it. So sometimes now when working with the, really the top management, so maybe would need to be a bit more, bit more <laughs> How, what, what would be the good word, but Is it? Do you mean formal? Being formal? Yes, formal. Yes, formal is the word what I'm after. Yep. So I think that's my area where to get where to get better. Have there been any other things in the industry world? Because you said being formal, uh, presenting in front of top management, it seems kind of like a thing which you don't intuitively think. Have there been any other things that you've had to sort of like incorporate into your own personality working in these top jobs in the industry that one has to think about? 
I think yes, there is a hierarchy and you need to understand and learn what are the politics and, and that's also the area. I, I can get things through, but I'm not really good or I don't just want want to be too much play with the politics. So so I can negotiate about the things, but the, but but yes, I think that's also the area where you would need to think about and and have a plan how to contact the different people and how to play the game with the people. Indeed, and you only learn that by doing things in the context itself. Yes. So also, I was I was I was wanting to ask about this thing. So many of us recognize the situation where we had more things on our plate than we can do uh, on a daily basis. So taking care of your free time and hobbies and all of these things is very crucial, at least when you start to move up the ladder in the industry. So how have you personally managed to find a balance between busy working days, self-development and free times and hobbies? Okay, I think I have learned it. So <laughs> so at the moment when I realized, I think it happened in the Nokia when I was leading six big programs at the same time and I also have six different color of pen to be able to make notes so that I know that which notes are related to which program I started to realize that okay <laughs> maybe days now too much on the plate and then the days are long and you're working 10 to 12 hours a day so so then really started to think about what makes sense and what is enough and what you can do and I think it was a time when to really start to think about it, how to prioritize things. What you can do, what is critical, what is not critical, what I need to do today, what I can do <clears throat> Friday, and do I really need to do all the things as best as I can? Or is in some cases the bit lower level is that enough so that I get things done, things can proceed, next person can continue. So so what is the level what I need to take? Put the, what, what is the level how I need to do my work? So I think those are the questions. So I'm not saying that you need to do bad work, <laughs> but what is the enough good level to be able so, to manage the busy days? So indeed, negotiating with other people, but also negotiating with yourself. Yes. Uh, what are your top tips uh, about recover, recovering from work and dealing with stress? How do you yourself, for example, uh, detach from work? Uh, with the good hobbies. So I used to play basketball and coach basketball. I think I I was coaching since I was 16 until I was almost 30. So and it, it required five to seven practices a week, games during the weekend. So it took a lot of time. So it helped already me to organize that I need to find time for my hobby. So how I will do my job so that I will find time for my hobby. And nowadays, as I said at the beginning, so I'm having two horses, so I have a hat on horse. So I picked the basketball, <laughs> I haven't touched the ball <laughs> since 20 years, I think, or maybe 15 years. And then I bought the horse, which is taking even more time. So so that's my balance for the for the life. So you cannot go with too stressed mind with the horse because it's a big animal, there will be accidents happening. So you need to focus for the horse with the horse when you are. With the horse, so so that's helping me. So that's my my time for my brain is not to think about the work because 
it, it is not possible to think when you are training with the horse. What kind of things motivate you the most at work and how do you keep your team members motivated? Okay, so what motivates me is that why I like the supply chain and, and is that I can see the whole big picture. So I can see the whole end-to-end chain and, and what motivates me is to get be a bit better all the time. So what I need to change, what I need to get other ones to change so that we can be a bit more efficient, we can be faster, we can be better. So that, that motivates me. And, and how I motivate my team. So currently I don't have a team, but, but as I said, so I used, used to have a, have a team, something like 15 persons in, in my last supervisor position. So how I motivated them exactly was via the strengths. So we were trying to think that what are the strengths of the each of the team members and splitting the task so that everyone can play with their strengths. And everyone, of course, need to need to take some tasks also, and and topics which are not in their comfort zone, but but try to play with the positive energy and with the strengths. So I think that's how I manage to motivate my team with the positive energy, and showing by example that how you, how you can do things and trying to keep as said so. So we were thinking about uh, how to how to get rid of the stress. So, so have the clear priorities all the time. So making sure that my team knows what they need to do. So what is the priority level for each of the tasks? So what, what they need to do perfectly and what they can do so that it's just done. <laughs> exactly. So leading rather than managing. Yes. Yes. So we've been talking about your past, Tina, and what you do in the present moment, but let's discuss the future a bit too. Where do you see yourself in future, career-wise, life-wise, and so on? Okay. So, so from career-wise, so I I really really like to work in the supply chain. So and then as seeing in the future, so I think the the meaning of the supply chain now taking all these COVID things and everything into account, so how we can be even more efficient in the supply chain, how the whole supply chain is built uh, globally or locally and how to utilize the suppliers and the customers and, and all that kind of data what we can have in the, in the supply chain. So definitely I think that's the area where I want to work and, and maybe, some, maybe some new challenges in that area. So that's that's my target. And then outside of the work, I'm really, really wishing that my horse is starting to be in the shape that I can go to compete <laughs> competitions <laughs> with her. We have had some problems during the last two years, but but yes, that's the personal <laughs> hopes. Personal goals over there. Uh, do you think that COVID will be changing, for example, Valmet's business outlooks in the future more than just focusing on remote work and these kind of things, but business-wise, what's going to happen? Uh, I don't know yet, but I think it, it is something uh, exactly what was raised in that, what I referred earlier, I was listening to Skarner's presentation a few, few weeks ago, and it was one of the topic also there, of course, during during these times, that what what is the global, what is local? And what what is the supply chain structure in the future, and and how it is built, taking into account all these kind of diseases, because this I think it won't be the only one coming in the future. 
So I think definitely it will have influences, but what those are, I think it's still still to be seen that how it is affecting. Yep, so the preparations you are now making for COVID will also pay dividend in the future too, because mm. the situation might happen again. Yep. Tina, uh, we've been going through past, present and the future, and time has also been flying and we'd, we've had a great discussion. And before I'm going to close the interview, I would like to ask one more question, which we asked from all of our interviewees. And this is sort of like a compilation of concluding remarks from the whole discussion. What kind of advices would you give to your younger self? Trust yourself. Yes, that, that's, that would be my advice. It's simple as that. Yes. Trust that you know, trust that you... You have enough knowledge. Of course, you need to learn all the time more. But trust that that trust yourself in in the level where you are at the moment. That's a brilliant piece of advice, and I think that's something that we can all take to our hearts. No matter if we are students or people already working in the industry or whatever we're doing, trust yourself. That's a great. That's a great advice. Tina, as I was saying, time has been flying. Thank you so much for taking part in this Storytime afternoon event and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for being able to participate. Thank you so much for following uh, our discussion. Stay safe, stay healthy, and let's see us again soon. Thank you so much and bye-bye. Thanks.